Hey. What up? What up? Yeah, welcome to this week of the Carbon Footprint. I'm Sean. Yeah, I'm Juan. Yo, shout out to you guys for listening. It's been a, a little bit of a crazy week, man. So we thought uh, definitely got to get together and talk a little bit about what's going on and then hopefully add some uh, some levity and, and talk about some other things here. Yeah, or, or we'll say shit that like no one cares about and yeah. <laughs> they totally disagree with us. Yep. And uh, if you do, you know, drop That's a comment. It. Send us some. Listen, we're not opposed to opposing views. That's Absolutely. Nope. <laughs> All right, man. George Floyd. Let's just, I mean, let's just go ahead and get right into it, right? Like, look, this is, it's not the first time it happened. Um, this is something that is, you know, it's outraged a lot of people. It's, it's I don't know want to say that I'm outraged, but this is like, it's, it's crazy that it still happens. So really, man, to get into it, it's like, how do we fix it? Because I got to be honest with you, man. Like, and I think most people are in this boat to where it doesn't really affect us, like personally. You see it on the news, you know, you get that feeling of outrage. And then the next day we go back to work and we go back to our normal lives. And, and even though it may be still top of mind because it's in your Instagram feed or Twitter feed or what have you. Like it's still top of mind, but most of us are not doing anything about it. Um, yeah, man, and I think uh, like you're right. Not the first time, right? Won't be the last. Um, you, you've almost get used to it at this point, you know. Um, this was the one. So the the Ahmad Arbery kind of I felt obviously really shitty about that, and. Um, it was tough. It was tough to watch that video. The George Floyd one, too, man, I, it punched me in the stomach, man. When I heard him, especially when he's crying out for his mom, who is deceased. His mom's not even around. And to hear a grown man cry out for his mother um, in that situation was heartbreaking. Um, you know, I my kids are part black, right? Part white, part Latino. Um, so having been in situations, even with my children, in um, parks where I have seen other parents not let their kids play with my kids and to with an attitude or for a demeanor that clearly tells me it was the color of the skin that bothered them um really yeah absolutely i've I been mean, in and parks. you have young kids man so this yep. is recent i've been in the park with my daughter when she was say two or three and we were in a park and we lived in an area in orlando it's mostly white people um to, to the point where and i think i've told you the story i've had neighbors legitimately ask me if i won the lottery that they assumed that was the only way i could afford to live in that neighborhood right <laughs> it's like legitimately go so did and dead serious well, how else would you get here it, well, of course right i must have won the lottery right so um so knowing that right I, i've lived in, in an area like that um listen juan just put in a full-size basketball hoop in the pool <laughs> in other words i'm doing all right motherfuckers <laughs> so, I'm, I'm doing life's good <laughs> so legitimately had people ask me that right so and i thought the guy was joking at the time and then i realized he was dead ass serious and it was like wow and i've had different moments like that in my life right um but i remember one incident in particular at a playground with my daughter and she maybe two or three clearly you can tell my daughter's either mixed or latina right um you know she's fair skinned she's got the curly hair um and i remember being at a park and it's all white kids and we go up to the park and my daughter's playing and i saw parents literally take their kids out and move them to the other side of the park uh, to play with other white children and if my daughter ran and, and followed them they tried to move their kids a couple more times and then eventually just left 
And at first I thought maybe I'm overreacting. You know, I thought about it. I thought maybe they're germaphobes or maybe they're this and that. But I saw that they had no problems with other kids in the park playing with them or meeting up with them. Um, so that, and, and, and I will say I grew up uh, half in New Jersey and then the other half of my life I've spent in Florida. I experienced zero racism in New Jersey. Um, most of my racist encounters were all when I moved to Florida. Do you think that you didn't experience it in New Jersey because different culture or because you actually lived in an area where the people that you dealt with on a regular basis were were predominantly Latino? Um, so mostly minorities, mostly, right? So I lived in an area of mostly uh, black and Latinos um, and a lot of Portuguese. So I think a lot of immigrants of white descent, right? A lot of European immigrants, um, a lot of Jewish people in the community. So, so I grew up in Newark, New Jersey, right? It's predominantly Latinos and black. And then I moved to Elizabeth, New Jersey. There's a lot of Jewish people, a lot of Portuguese, um, but there's a lot of South Americans, a lot of Colombians, uh, a lot of Ecuadorians, a lot of bit of, of a little bit of everything, right? Um, so I never really saw a whole lot there. And maybe maybe that's the answer, right? It was because it was such a diverse uh, mix of people. Um, when I first moved here, I remember my first encounter in uh, a gas station in Biflo. And we all know, if, if you're from the Orlando area or anywhere near here, you kind of know. Don't go about, to Biflo. Yeah, don't go to Biflo <laughs> if you don't glow in the dark. <laughs> and um, I remember someone called me boy. And asked me if I was lost at a gas station there. Um, and then just his attitude towards me clearly told me. Uh, and, and, you know, I have a mouth for those that don't know. So my nature isn't to kind of shut up. And I think one of my uncles just looks at me and goes, just not now, man. Not don't here, don't be you right now. <laughs> and uh, and we saw the guy had a shotgun rack in the back of his pickup, which was uh, not empty. And, uh, yeah, I got in my car and we, we got out of there. But uh, then I was told later on, actually, the gas station was right across the street from a bar there that was known to have Klan rallies and things like that. And I think you spend enough time in Florida where, you, where I've had numerous racist encounters. This isn't uh, as much. People say, I got Florida's diverse. Yeah, like Miami has a lot of Latinos. I think Kissimmee, Orlando does have. But there's also a lot of Florida that is not as open-minded, right? So, um yeah, I think watching the George uh, Floyd thing was, was a punch in the stomach. Uh, that was the first one I had seen in a long, long time, which tells me that there's something wrong there, right, that that impacted me, right? Like, yeah, I got so numb to the rest of them. And uh, when I saw this one, it just reminded me again that this is obviously still an issue. Um, and honestly, unfortunately, I, I don't think we solve this in our lifetime. I think this is, if you think about... <sighs> Uh, even as far back as segregation, we don't even have to take it to slavery. If you think about segregation, um, our parents and grandparents lived through that, right? So there are people around who were raised with the idea that uh, that was okay. And then they are raising children who think that that is okay. And so the cycle to me continues. Um, and I don't think you break that without some kind of systemic um, kind of interruption where it either becomes uh, an education thing in school or people just miraculously decide to love overnight or but i think i think we're a hundred years away from undoing all that right i think i think you're gonna have black people who will feel a specific type of way and rightfully so right because you took a group of people and you yanked them out of a of a place of their home and you dropped them in the, in the middle of nowhere and you treated them like cattle and then they're genetically in their dna right they're still trying to overcome some of that they're still trying to uh, figure out where their place is in this new land and i think um you know, like you can't undo that in 100 years. I don't think you can undo that in 200 years, I think. Um, and especially you can't undo that when there are people still alive who remember what it was like to have, uh, you know, separate bathrooms and have, um, you know, separate schools and all this and who probably still felt like that was 
the way, you know, and um, yeah, I think the more I see this, the more I just realize we're so far apart. And unfortunately, as long as there are people around who are still raising kids who think that way and people who refuse to acknowledge that there's a problem, it's not going away. Well, that's also, I mean, thinking back to the, like you just said, the sort of segregation, the civil rights movement, um, Martin Luther King, right? That guy died when he was 39 or he was assassinated. He was murdered, right? Um, but during... And he was peaceful. Sorry, I, I don't need to cut you off, but I, I want to point out Martin Luther King was peaceful and he was murdered because we didn't like that. But even with him, you know how much commitment that took? Like, there was a point, and I want to say it was, it was like over a year. It was like 380-something days where, where he inspired people to, listen, we're not going to buy from certain businesses. We're not going to take the bus or public transportation in general. Right? Like, we're going to live this way. We're going to be committed. Yep. And we're going to live this way, and we're going to make it, we're going to make it hurt and, and hurt the businesses financially so that they realize that yo like we need we need these folks and and that kind of commitment any kind of real commitment right just takes a lot of work and i think that for the most part people are just so comfortable in their lives and and listen i am no exception yeah no no we all are right yep, yep. like no i said i forgot about this right until you have to smack it in my face again and, and i have you know again black children and you have to throw it in my face again for me to realize like yeah. oh yeah this is still a problem i mean even if you look at the 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 trending you know uh the trending it's on on twitter it's not even trending anymore or i shouldn't say, say, say it's not trending it's not like in the top 10 no Right. And there was and a new uh, we saw there was a new case today, unfortunately, that was trending. But tomorrow that'll go away. Right. That's because that was today. Uh, Ebola from the Congo was like number two in yes. the United States today, um, which shows that we're we're talking about that more than we're talking about this George Floyd thing, unfortunately. Now, there is and I hate conspiracy theorists, but they're funny. So there's a conspiracy right now, right, that this is the government's way to get your mind off of COVID-19. <laughs> it's like, hey, go, go kill. Right? This is like, get them off of that so they can actually get their minds to getting back to work and getting back to some sense of normalcy. Um, you know, by doing the, by, by you know, obviously having, having this happen or um, coupled with the launch that happened, the, the historic launch that happened this week, which is funny because uh, I was talking to my wife and she brought, she brought up that conspiracy and I'm like, the launch has been scheduled for a very long time. Long time. Like, yeah, you can't plan that like over a week. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Like, hey, next week we're gonna send up this uh, this shuttle. We're gonna strap you guys. To- and it's always so it's it, it's so funny when you get people that like I used to work out there, right? I used to I used to work for United Space Alliance, um, which was the subcontractor prior to SpaceX that worked worked with NASA for the space shuttle program. And I worked out there for just just about two years. Um, and the you know like when when those missions get scrubbed like due to weather i could never understand i mean until it's explained to me obviously like why does it take like if you can't launch in this hour like who cares like wait for clouds wait for the clouds yeah wait for the clouds to go and then and then push it and and you know once you realize like what it actually takes and it's like Oh well, the the space station is actually driving at like seventeen thousand miles per hour. So if you miss this window, guess what? <laughs> you got a lot of catching up to do. Shoot, right? <laughs> How 
we, and we were just talking about that off air. Like, how impressive is, um, and and we'll get back to, to the George Floyd thing, not to, to digress from that too much, but um, yeah, like you said, it's moving at 17,500 miles an hour. And um, we literally, like, you have to leave at this precise second because we're going to slingshot something, you know, however many hundred thousand, hundreds of thousands of miles towards it, and we're going to hope to catch it. And then, by the way, we're going to hope to, like, catch it. Not only catch it, but, like, dock. We're going to dock. That's so damn impressive, man. I, I, w- I haven't been all in on a shuttle launch in so long like I was on this one. But I was, um, I'm a fan of Elon, and I wanted this to work so bad. And I wanted it, not only that I wanted it to work, but I wanted it to go off seamlessly. And, um, and it seems like he pulled that off. And uh, even those guys were talking about how, how nice of a ride, I guess, going to quote it was. I don't know how, how, you know, what you rate that against, right, if you've only been on a couple. But, um, yeah, shout out to those guys, man, and, and doing that and getting us up there. We'll, within five years, man, we'll be on the moon, guarantee it. And then uh, 10 years, we'll be on Mars. Yeah, I think it's less than ten. Now, Might right? be less than ten. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I think if you get these guys back safely and all that, you know, we'll go there. But um, all right. But going back, going back to Floyd. So, how do you know? Co- commitment obviously is something that's that that's huge. That's that that you need massive amounts for, of commitment from a massive amount of people. Yeah. Right. In the mobilizer, and then you need you need really need to affect somebody's pockets. Like we talked about last week, like money, money's a religion. I don't care what anybody says. Like that, and, and that's my opinion. Money's a religion. We do worship it. And and if you if you don't think that you do, take a look at your life. And I'm not saying that maybe not everybody does, but the vast majority of us worship the dollar. Absolutely. And, and we so, make all of our life decisions based on the dollar. Absolutely. And so, you know, how do you get enough people to do something for long enough? To where it it actually affects enough businesses and not so much the politicians, but enough businesses that that perhaps support the politicians. Um, you got to get people into into place, or you got to get people that to to care that are actually in a in a place where they can make a difference. I think, unfortunately, man, we um, it it, it seems like this should be one of those things that politics doesn't uh come to play just like i felt like the COVID 19 you know we should have left politics aside um but as a society man we we go as our blue team or our red team or our yellow team or whatever goes you know we don't um most of us don't think for our own most of us don't try to have compassion for um people with opposite thoughts um and so unfortunately unless you got both parties to sit down and say hey we're gonna make this a priority um you know because one of the things i have yet to see from either candidate is what is your plan for black people what is your plan for uh you know uh criminal justice reform what is your plan to end or try to you'll never end right so minimize police brutality or or the unarmed killing or overuse of force on um civilians um you know, that's not something that's being asked of the candidates right now. And and I think, you know, I, I saw, I don't know if you saw the video from Killer Mike. Um, Killer Mike, who I haven't seen is it. a rapper, you know, from Atlanta, had a great uh, speech. It's probably eight minutes long. And he said, um, I don't know the answers. He goes, but this is your time to vote um, with who you place in office. This is who you pick to be the prosecutor. This is who you pick to represent you locally. And he goes, uh, use your vote. If someone is not doing something for your community then you withhold your vote you don't uh vote but um you know i don't i I think we have to ask more from those guys and i don't 
you know, honestly, there's so much nuance in this. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know that you, um, you know, like I kept thinking of, okay, if I was in a position of, of some type of power and influence, what would I do? Um, and I came down to all these little things like events and I went, but I, I don't know that the long-term effect of those events are right. Right. So I kept thinking, okay, I'm in school, maybe instead of black history month, you, you, there's a class that we all have to take and it's just black history, but not black history. Like they want us to know the real black history, right? Because we, we tend to censor that and we don't want our children to see, I mean, show everything, show the dirty, show the ugly, show what. Um, because I think then what you will have is you will have um, a group of children who will grow up with empathy to say, wow, you know, I think you do need to show that 12 year old um, a graphic picture of someone being lynched of um, of someone being um, turned away from a water fountain or a bathroom or a restaurant or, um, you know, things like that, because I think those things will um, they'll be impactful. I think people will remember what that feels like. Um, we went to Atlanta uh, last summer and I remember uh, we did go to the Martin Luther King Museum and that's a heavy heavy um, museum to go through and they're playing videos of him the whole time and they're playing videos of people in crowds yelling things at him right and they're calling him the n-word um, they're they're you know they're playing little snippets of people being turned away and and my kids you know were asking about it my daughter's asking you know we we just told them straight up you know like, like we try to be as honest with them as possible about anything um, and you know, I think you can really see the wheels turning because with them, you know, their first reaction is kind of like, but wait, I kind of fall into that category. We're like, yeah, uh, you know, in this time, you wouldn't have been allowed to be in the same school as, you know, whatever you name a friend or, you know, and I think kids, kids are taught hate, right? Like you don't, you don't grow up hating black people or white people or brown people or whatever. Like you're taught that you're taught that at home. And so I think, um, obviously you can't undo the teachings at home, but maybe if you force some kind of curriculum in school, that's a start. Um, I also think I kept thinking if I ran Orlando Police Department or Orange County Sheriff Department, what would I do? Um, and I think you have to force. Uh, first of all, I would make it harder to become a police officer. And I think we mentioned that last week. Right. I think I would raise the standards. I think I would pay them more and raise the standards. Um, but the other thing I thought of is should be mandatory, whether it's mo once a month or once a quarter, is you hold a community barbecue between cops and um, and maybe you go to areas of. Um, like the most needed areas and you hold a barbecue and you just hang out you guys play basketball you talk you play dominoes you play cards you do whatever i think you if you come from a place of understanding hey i'm not here to arrest you 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 have some booths on the side where you want to collect guns or drugs or whatever you want to do but you say no one's getting arrested here we're we're all going to sit we're going to talk we're going to eat we're going to break bread um i want to understand where you're coming from and hopefully we can understand where the police officers are coming from because i don't think this is all their problem right um I, there's certainly good ones out there but i i do think this comes to a lack of understanding Right? And I think maybe something like that where you're exposed to people for a long time, because most of us stick with our circle of people. Right. Whether it's whether it's brown, black, white, um, you know, upper class, lower class, whatever it is, like most of us tend to stick to clicks. And so I think if you force kind of the interaction, maybe that helps. But, you know, and I don't know. I think that's just a kind of a shot in the dark here. But Yeah, I mean, it very well could. Um, but, you know, even historically through we've always had classes, you know, no matter no matter what what time frame in history is like it's 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 always been about I, I, at least through the you know past like the agricultural revolution right um where we would be sort of left from like hunter gatherers to started to settle down and and develop societies um you know we had classes and those classes still exist unfortunately 
Um, obviously, we're we're way further ahead than than obviously we've ever been. And and like you said earlier, you know, hundred years from now, hopefully we're just that much further, and 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 this thing can be this thing can be reduced, you know, almost almost to nothing. I don't know if you ever get rid of it, right? No, no. Um, you you'll always have. I think I think I think humans in general just. I shouldn't say humans in general, but we tend to think like some people are our equals and some people are above us and some people are below us. And, and we, we do, man, we, we, we treat people differently. And it, it's, it's unfortunate because I think that at, like, I would never consider myself to be that kind of person, but I would be lying if I said that when I talk to certain people, I talk to them differently. Why? Right? Are they are are they are they my superiors at work? You know, is it this, is it the CEO of the, of, of the company I work for yep. versus versus the, the the guy that cleans the building? Right? I'm going to talk to those guys differently. Why? You know, like I said, it's 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 that we've been conditioned. That, yeah, right? it, it really is. It's just that it's it's that separation of 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 class, and I don't and I don't even know that was so much taught that, but. Um, it's definitely shown, right? When you go into when you go into a workplace, nobody tells you that you have to act a certain way around a certain people. But perhaps you're influenced by the other folks that you are the coworkers. You know, you see how they act around certain people, and maybe you just adopt that. Yeah, you know, I think um, yeah, I'm, I'm guilty of that too. I think we've all been guilty of, um, like you said, maybe treating or speaking to people of a lesser class, whether that was race or monetary or whatever. Like you know, we catch ourselves doing. Being assholes, right? Um, man, I remember... But it wouldn't even be... Give me a second. It wouldn't even be being an asshole, per se, right? But I may... Because of the way I'm from and, 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 and how I grew up, right? So I may feel really comfortable talking to the, the guy that's painting the building. Because he looks like the people that I grew up with. And so I might talk to him differently. Not necessarily lower or lesser, but in, it's in, a, in, a, in a different manner in which that I would talk to the CEO and why do I need to sound different to this guy versus this other guy, you know? And, and I, and, and I've never looked, even looked at it until recently about like, you know, man, is that, you know, is that a separation of class that I'm, that I'm sort of talking to people in a different manner? Yeah, I think, yeah, you're right. I, I think, um, it's, it's maybe it's not being an asshole is the right word, but I think you catch yourself treating people either positively or negatively differently right. because of their walk, of life or what you perceive to be their, their kind of, um, spot in life. Um, you know, like I would say about a year ago, we have this, um, this kind of vending service at work, these fridges and these, um, they're not vending machines per se, but they're like these vending fridges. You go in and you, um, you know, you, whatever you grab a sandwich and you pay for it. It's kind of like an honor system. Anyway, we have a, a, a gentleman, a young black man who, uh, about once a week he comes and he restocks it. Right. And man, you know me, I talk to walls, man. I talk to everybody. I walk in, you know, me, I say, what's up to everybody in the hall. I'm trying to high five everybody. Me, to me, walking down the hallway at work, I might as well be entering an NBA game. I'm high fiving everybody, right? I'm, and, um, you know, I re- and, and I say, what's up to this guy every time I see him, right? And uh, I remember one morning, man, I said, what's up to him? And, you know, I say, hey, what's up, man? Good morning. And he's like, oh, hey, what's up? And I kept walking and he goes, uh, hey, hey. And I, and I turn around. And I'm like, oh, hey, what's up? And he never stops me. Usually he like, hey, whatever, you know, daps me up. And, what, and so uh, he goes, hey, hey. And, and I went, oh, yeah, yeah, what's up? And he goes, uh, thank you for seeing me. And I went, wow. And it hit me, man. And I went, huh? And he goes, um, 
man, you wouldn't believe. Um, I do this every week. He goes, I do this every week. And you're one of the few people who says hi to me. He goes, hundreds of people walk by me every morning here. Um, he goes, I can count on one hand the, the amount of people who either give me a head nod or a good morning or whatever. He goes, out of the hundred that walk by, most ignore me. And he goes, and that includes even if I just go, hey, good morning or hi, most of them ignore me. And, you know, that, I remember that day, it bothered me a lot, man. I, I remember telling everybody, like, y'all better say fucking what's up to everybody. You know, like, it, it just, I, I think I'm big about that as it um as it is at work i think i'm big on on regardless of position like you said the janitor or you know whether you're the ceo is i'm gonna treat you with the same respect um and i i remember him saying that but again it just goes to show you we have such a and i don't you know and i can't say that oh i work with a bunch of racist people and that you know no, they didn't I'm, sure say you, I'm sure you don't i think uh, you know a lot of that is people who are just busy or going about their day and i'm sure some of it is people who feel like they're too good to say hello whether because of the position right or the color of the skin or whatever it is right but i think um but is it that they feel too good or is you think that maybe it's just like when when you're at work and i've seen this from other people if you don't matter, right? Like the guy coming into the vending machine, he doesn't, you know, quote unquote, he doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, I don't have to be nice to you because I may not even be like an outgoing person. I may not even be a nice person, right? Right. And so when I'm at work, I'm going to be nice to the person that I need to be. And then maybe the person that I don't need to be, I won't speak to. Like, I know people like that. Yeah. No, and I, and, and I think there's definitely some part of that, right? I think, um, you know, one of the things, and you can't always be gung ho, right? Like we all have bad days. I I have days, listen, where I walk by people and I don't say a word um, because I'm just having a bad day, right? Um, but I think it just goes to show how something as simple as like a good morning or whatever, just it's someone like him felt compelled to say like, hey, thank you for seeing me, right? Like, so you must think it wasn't just at my office. It probably happens to him all the time. And I have a hard time not thinking that the color of his skin has something to do with that, right? Um, and I, I, to your point, I think it's the color of his skin mixed with the what we perceive to be his position, position. in life, right? So you know that guy might have he might own that vending thing. I don't know. Of vending machines, <laughs> yeah. and he's making he's making more than most of the people in your in your office. Yep, absolutely. Right, but we see that and we just assume, right? And so. that that it's a again the class, right? He's not a. He's not an accountant. He's not a, you know, he's not a, he's not an executive. He's not a whatever, right? Doesn't mean the guy's going to make money. But I think, yeah, I mean, I think this is all the same as, um, you know, just goes down to not understanding each other. Um, Malcolm Gladwell, his last book, um, Talking to Strangers, has some, not read that. Uh, has some great, great chapters in there. And he talks about the Sandra Bland thing. Um, he talks about a couple of other incidences, um, you know that that results in unfortunately in in in, in the killing um, of an unarmed of an unarmed black uh, person. And um, one of the things he, I think one of the things he tries to drive home with his book is that a lot of this stuff is driven by um, lack of communication and understanding. And so I think the you know basically in that case what he was saying is the off by the officers not talking and trying to understand Sandra and her scenario is that they went off on their own. And did their own thing. And had they had a second, you know, to talk to her. So, you know, Sandra Bland is coming from, you know, I guess like an overnight trip from wherever she was coming from to a new state to start a new life. Right. So she's tired. Right. She's she's probably trying to figure out how she's going to get a job. Um, 
I can't remember if she had some kind of medical issue, but some of that. So obviously a frustrated individual, right? And then she's approached by cops. Um, she's a smoker. Um, so innately certain things that smokers do, maybe the fidgeting or the wanting a cigarette. It's like, it's not a, uh, you know, I think cops took her smoking in front of them as being disrespectful. But, you know, I think what Malcolm tries to take home is that if you know smokers, that's where they find their comfort. And maybe in her mind, it was like, I need this. I'm going to smoke right now and I can have this conversation with you because this, this moment right here is uncomfortable for me. I'm out of my element this is how I cope, you know? So I think it was, it was things like that, that he brings to life and he, and he calls out a bunch of, um, and I don't want to misquote, uh, Malcolm, um, but he brings out a lot of these scenarios and he brings out these things where he just goes, you know, if someone would have just stopped and listened, um, or, and then someone would have talked because in some scenarios people didn't talk, right. They just, their, their rage just kind of came out. Um, and it just, you know, a lot of it is about how, um, a lot, not every scenario, but a lot of these scenarios, if people just took the time to talk and understand each other, you know, it would, um, it, you could certainly take some steps forward or people would have some empathy towards what, you know, we're all going through. We've all had shitty days. And so, yeah. And, and, you know, and there goes that word again, right? Empathy. Like that is, that's really like the key, right? Like even you don't have to, you don't have to be in, you don't have to walk in someone's shoes. You don't have to live in the same neighborhood. You don't have to, you know, live that person's life. But if you just understand that, Everybody has their own crap going on, really. I mean, whether they live in your neighborhood or in a different neighborhood, like we're all we all have different shit going on, and no one's living your life, and and you know no one's living mine. And if we just take the time to just take a, take a moment and just try to understand what this person is going through, um, I think a lot a lot of this stuff would it doesn't go away. But it just helps to, to for the understanding. Yeah. And now I do, you know, I think both of you, you and I both have like um, police officers um, as as both friends and family. Mm -hmm. And and, you know, I, I guess I'm biased. Right. I think that these guys are, are, are good guys. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I've heard some of them talk differently sort of about about civilians. And, and, and I know it's because of it's because of what they see on a daily basis and it's because of what they do and what they deal with on a daily basis. So I'm empathetic even to that, to, to that point of view. Yeah. It's not the point of view that I, that, that I carry, but my life is not like theirs. And, 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 and if, you know, and again, if we just all just take a step back and, and, and just try to understand each other, man, like, that's that's really I, I I would think is the foundation of of what it takes to to eventually move past this. Yeah, I think um no no you're right. We we both know cops and we both know um you know some of them have certainly um shared their feelings with us, but it's it, it's what they I, I don't want to say perceive because it is their reality, right? But they it's what they perceive all of society to be is their interactions in maybe pockets, right? And again, you have to think about if you're a cop. And depending on where you're a cop, right, your only exposure to human beings, for the most part, they're negative interactions, right? And so I think I can have empathy with the fact that um, you're dealing with shitheads all day, most of the time, right? And then you also, I can, I can have empathy to the fact that you leave home every day and you don't know if you're coming back. Right. That's a tough. Most of us won't know what that's like. Right. I don't leave for work every ever. day wondering if I'm going to come back ever. Yep. Right. Like, I mean, I, I know there's car accidents, all this other stuff, you know, like I'm, it's not what I'm talking about. I never go and say I'm going to do a job that could potentially get me killed. Um, 
And it could be on some bullshit. On right? bullshit, like you yeah. could You could literally just have a traffic stop somebody, whether it's speeding or running a red light or just an illegal turn or, you know, what have you, illegal U-turn, right? You, a routine traffic stop and, and, and your life could be over because that person in the car is is going through some stuff, you know, and, and, and who knows what, right? The, 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 the gamut is just, it's crazy. So, so to your point, like those guys and gals don't know if they if they're coming home. Yeah, and I think um, you know, and I can certainly have empathy um, for that. I think um, it, it's super important. I think to understand that they're coming from a place where every situation they walk into several times a day, right? Unless you're a cop in the middle of nowhere, um, every day, a couple times a day, and I don't know what the number is, but I'm, it's, it's definitely a few times a day. You're confronted with the possibility that your life ends or that you're going to have to take a life, right? Because it's, it's kill or be killed. And, and unfortunately in some scenarios, and I think, um, you know, I don't know what the answer is in, in terms of training, um, because I've never been in that scenario. Right. And, and I think if I put myself in the shoes of, if I feel like someone may pose a threat to me, I'm going to react as quickly as possible. Right. Cause I think instinct takes in like our human instinct of survival takes in at that point. But I don't think that's what we saw with with George Floyd. I don't think that's what we saw with Ahmaud Arbery. Those weren't even cops. Um, you know, I think what we're seeing now is um, just people having a blatant disregard, I think, for for those folks. I think they, they're looking at them as beneath them. Um, you know, the guy, um, I don't even want to say the cop's name, man, because I don't want to give him any notoriety. Yeah, so but in the, in the George Floyd case, but he has his knee on the guy's back and he has his hands in his pocket. He's chilling. You know, like he's literally chilling and killing. Right. Like that's the um, he, he's like you can't even argue like I felt like my life was in danger. Like your hands are in your pocket, man. You know, and um, and the guy is telling you that, um, you know, he can't breathe. You no. Know, and all these other people are pleading with you. And, and at that point, I can only think that you either don't care. Right. You don't believe you have a, a blatant disregard for this man's life um, or it's your ego. Maybe deep down inside, he felt like, yeah, I should probably let up. But all these people are recording me oh, and right. they're pleading with me. And then at that point, you know, the ego kicks in with like, I'm not going to let go because I don't want these people to think that they got to me. Right. And Dude, Ryan Holiday, if 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 you feel if you want a, a good insight about ego, Ryan Holiday has a book. It's called Ego is the Enemy. It's an easy read. Um, it's a great book to pick up that that dude man and he talks he talks about that and it's like a lot of the shit that we deal with is ego based oh yeah ego either you know will, will, will put you in a bad position in a lot of scenarios I think yeah I mean I think if we all think back on our life and on certain decisions we made either good or bad um, ego certainly plays a part in a lot of it right I think um whether it's it's the it's the arrogance of thinking you can pull something off or you're deserving of something or um, and sometimes that's good. Right. I think you do need to have somewhat of an ego. Right. You need to approach life with a little bit of swagger. Right. And and I think there's there's an upside to that. But where it comes to bite you in the butt is where you have these scenarios like I saw people. It's a fine line between confidence and ego. Yep. And, and I, you know, yeah, yeah. You're right. <laughs> and you know what? Like one of the common themes I see all the time is people saying, you know, they're shitty accountants and they're shitty this and they're shitty that. It's like, yeah, well, their job doesn't entail people's lives. Right. So you can't hold them to the same standard. I think, you know, a, a shitty accountant getting you, you know, audited by the IRS is not the same as a guy whose job we say here are weapons that can take a life 
and we go, uh, you know, it's up to you to decide whether or not. And here are these scenarios where we think you might need to use these, but um, you know, you do the best you can. And yeah, and some of that, some of those things are you know open to interpretation. Absolutely, it's all subjective, right? It's all it's all subjective. Um, you know, I think again, I can't argue with what someone feels is or isn't a threat. What I can say is if um, you know, in a scenario like George Floyd's. Um, where you're looking at a guy and he's unarmed and there's four of you, if you can't take that guy down on your own without using lethal force, you shouldn't have been a cop. You know, if you can't, if your training is such that between four of you guys, you can't take out a guy like that and get him in a car, get him arrested, shouldn't have been a cop. Um, You know, I think you and I, you probably could have taken out a guy like that who didn't have a weapon. We probably could have, you know, uh, held him down or at least uh, well, especially once he's in cuffs absolutely I like mean, once you have him in cuffs put him in the back of a car i think i think that um you know and and we didn't even touch on the um um the central park thing uh again you i don't want the guy with the lady with the dog with the dog absolutely <laughs> and you know what 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 stuck out to me the most in that was the fact that um she immediately well, goes. Hold on, you gotta tell the story. Okay, okay. So for those that don't know, know um, there's a man in Central Park. He's a black man. He is um, bird watching, and and this area of Central Park, I can't remember what it's called. I want to say the Ramblings or something like that. But it's an area in Central Park which it's designated as a nature and bird watch area. So the rules and there's signs posted everywhere that say um, your all your dogs must be leashed, and that's so that they don't um, kind of interfere with the wildlife there. Um, so there's this this man. He's bird watching there. It's you know early morning. Central Park um, there's a lady who's white she has her dog and her dog is off the leash um, and he asks her very politely because he has this on video he says um, hey can you please leash your dog I don't want him to interrupt this you know we're watching birds they're going to scare away the wildlife um, and she refuses and she goes all in I think he you know the guy keeps treats in his pocket because he says this is an issue all the time and what he finds is that if he takes treats out and offers it to the dog most people would just grab their dog leash him and run off because most people don't want you to feed their dog they don't know what you're feeding their dog right so I guess you know he kind of says like hey you know he's got these and then so she then grabs the dog um but then proceeds to grab her cell phone and says I'm gonna call the cops on you um and calls the cops and it's his in hysterics telling the cops that she goes an african-american man is threatening my life and she tells him she she goes i'm gonna call the cops and he goes okay go ahead and she and he goes i don't know what you're gonna tell them and she goes i'm gonna tell them an african-american man is threatening my life and that right there told me she saw a she knew what the cops would do right like she made an, uh, an assumption based or on the thought. behavior at least thought at right least thought, she right? goes there's enough history here to tell me if i'm a white lady and i call the cops and i say this african-american man is threatening my life that they're probably gonna come you know and do whatever right she also took the assumption that he was going to be scared because she knows that they know that they are afraid of cops or should be right because of the way they're treated so she's already made all these assumptions or at least what the media portrays right right so in that in itself she's already taking these um this this stance that i'm going to scare you by using the police and then she gets on the phone and starts hysterically screaming and telling the 911 operator that this man is threatening her life and all this stuff and long story short she gets her dog taken away from her because she's choking him this whole time um (laughs) and nothing happens to the guy but you go imagine if he didn't have video of that interaction um where he clearly did nothing wrong and all you hear is a white lady screaming through a phone that an african-american man is threatening her life and you think about how that scenario could have ended differently and you know 
this guy comes out, he's Harvard educated, I believe, um, and like has worked as an editor for Marvel or something. So clearly intelligent guy, you know, uh, it didn't discriminate. A, if you are up at whatever time of the day in Central Park in New York, like you're not watching, broke watching, watching birds, birds, like you're not broke. <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out there right now. You're not broke. So um, it doesn't discriminate your class. Right. I think in that scenario, being black was enough. And, um, you know, it was a shame because I think it just showed what society thought. And she figured I'm going to weaponize that. I'm going to use his blackness against him because I know that he's going to be scared if I turn the cops. And kudos to this guy for keeping his cool. He has the entire encounter on video. And in fact, she kind of charges him and he backs up and goes, hey, please get away from me. But, you know, I, I think about if this guy didn't have that video how that scenario plays differently right. how does that play out yeah it's and maybe it doesn't play it any different right maybe not you know you would hope you, you would, would hope, hope not right you would hope not because again you know there's thousands of interactions like that a day right there's thousands of inter- whether that we don't neighbor, yeah that we don't hear about that people argue whites amongst whites and blacks amongst blacks and and vice versa and and mixed cultures and stuff there's arguments that happen every day that have nothing to do with race and disagreements and things like that uh and those are never going away but i think that one was especially powerful because of her choice of words I think that she specifically, you know, when when he goes, what are you going to tell them? And she goes that an African-American man is threatening my life. She didn't say that a man is threatening my life. The thing she makes it a point to say, I'm going to tell them this and you should be afraid of that. You know, and um, and it was probably a piece of him that was. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Right. Like, like he's probably going, okay, I have this thing. You know, I have my phone. I'm videotaping all of this. So I have less to worry about. But, I mean, and this is just my perception, to say that he was unafraid or, or not worried at all, it was, Zero it, it's, yeah, it's, it's probably a... I would even be afraid if I was him of having that cell phone out and recording when they come that they're going to mistake that for something, <laughs> for a weapon. Like, <laughs> I would literally be that, that afraid. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you, as a, a, a black man a black woman in this case because we also saw you know they broke into the apartment of a black woman and murdered her in her sleep um that i would be comfortable with any with any interaction with the police right that that i just don't see it ending my way and it's a shame because again i think the overwhelming majority are are good people and mean well and legitimately want to protect and see shitty things every day and have to make unfortunate decisions every day but what you saw here wasn't a lack of judgment what you saw in this case was was blatant disregard for another human life that you can only assume was because he was black. Right. Yeah. And, and I think it would help if they would. And, and I think that um, Minneapolis did did a, a better job than what we've seen in the past where it was like, OK, these guys got fired. This guy is now charged with like second. Was it like, is, is it second? It was and third, third degree? degree murder initially. I think you absolutely upgrade that here with today with the the, the independent autopsy. Um, so the first autopsy, which again adds another layer of this, the first autopsy done by the county says that he did not die from asphyxiation. They couldn't find an underlying cause of death. They hire an independent coroner who says the manner was definitely asphyxiation. Um, and actually, and I tend to believe it because I remember when the when the one came out a couple of days ago, I told a friend of mine, I can't remember, and maybe someone from work, it could have been us, maybe I don't, know, but 
I remember saying they went, well, you know, people could say, well, he can talk. If you say I can't breathe, you can breathe. And, you know, the autopsy already said that it wasn't that. And I remember thinking, yeah, but your your knee is on the main artery that's going up to his brain. So if you're cutting off blood supply, you're cutting off oxygen to his brain, which in itself is a form right. of asphyxia, you know, like. And but, so that's and can, what and the, you can uh, still speak. Of course, exactly, because you're not gasping for air. You're getting a lack of oxygen to your brain. And so I think that's what this independent um, coroner said, was that he died from uh, asphyxiation, and it had to do with uh, the lack of oxygen supply. They're saying it was blood loss to his brain and a couple of other factors. Um, It was, you know, they said the uh, the fact that his arms were tied behind his back, restrict blood flow. The fact that there was a knee on him um, on the back and on the neck, restrict blood flow. So it was all these factors. Um, the handcuffs, all these things that basically said all these things contributed to his death and, and they ruled it a homicide. So I think in that case, you almost have to upgrade it to murder two. I, don't, I can't remember exactly what the criteria is for murder two, but I don't think you can say. So murder three assumes that it was kind of an accident, that you were negligent, I guess. And I, I think there's enough there, man, to charge this guy with almost purposely murdering this guy. Like I I mean, I, personally, man, I don't think that I don't think that he did it intentionally, but I do think that he had a blatant disregard for this guy's safety. And so I think that's why you upgraded, right? Like I think I think you saved the manslaughter for the the kid driving a vehicle who has a blatant disregard for the safety of other people and then maybe hops over a curb and hits someone, right? Like I think this is your I think when you watch the video it's hard to argue that he that he had um that he didn't blatantly disregard um, this guy's life that you know with people pleading you with an EMT telling you hey you know you know and then when someone goes in and checks his pulse and goes hey he has no pulse and you still keep your knee on to me I, I think that's enough um, who knows you know I think um, this might be the one that changes things I think this was the one that I saw the most amount even people who in the past would have um, were kind of anti the protests and, and anti this movement, um, the Black Lives Matter movement. I've seen a couple of those people now go, wow, th- this one was bad. And and maybe this is the one that wakes some people up. Um, I don't think so. I think it's the one for the week, right? And I think, uh, you know, by next week, we all go back to our lives. And um, that's why I'm, while I'm not in support of violence, right? I don't want people to die through riots. I'm okay with burning down a building or two, man. I, I gotta be honest. Like, so... I, I just I just don't think that burning down the buildings accomplishes anything. It doesn't. You're right. It doesn't. You know, but, like, like, but we're we're talking about it. We're paying attention. Yeah, true. And I think you know, to, to going back to last week where we were saying people's dollars uh, speak. I think you know, and I, and I heard people say like, oh, you know, some of these business owners, um, you know, they worked their whole lives to to build this, and look, now it's gone. Like I took away a building, a business. You know, you took away this guy's life. It, to me, there isn't a comparison. But one of, wasn't one of the buildings like a Target building? Yeah, they'll figure it out. Target's going to be Target's fine. good. Yeah, Target's good. <laughs> Target's insured. Target, A, that's not costing Target a damn thing because their insurance is going to pay for it, right? And uh, to me, I'm okay if you're not killing innocent people. I think that's where I have an issue. But to me, um, you know, again, I wish it didn't come to that, unfortunately. I think, you know, it's... it's it's the Malcolm X thing, right? By any means necessary. You, you know, Kaepernick took a knee and we were outraged about that. You know, people tried the, the peaceful thing. We were outraged about that. I think you go, all right, man, what's going to get your attention? Like, you're not paying. So, you know, hopefully this is it. Hopefully people, you know, this was enough to bring people to the table to go, what do we need to do um, on both sides? I'd like to start by seeing the presidential candidates lay out their plan for I think I think there should be some kind of um, federal oversight on police forces and mandatory, you know, compliance and standards and, and or or um, reviews that they need to go through if there is a use of force. Um, 
you know, again, I, I'm not smart enough to know the answer, man. But yeah, uh, no, I hear you, yeah. man. All right, man. That, that's you know, we gotta we gotta get lighten this up a little bit. Mm. <laughs> Listen, you know who was real happy this shit went down? The Asians, man. They had a rough couple months there, <laughs> and they were like, "Holy shit, man! Thank <laughs> God." <laughs> Thank God like, the thank focus God. is on the American white male. Yep. They're like, can we get people outside again so people can do dumb shit that they were doing before to take the attention off of us, man? Fuck, man. Shout out to Asians. Love you guys, man. They, they, they had a rough couple months with this whole COVID thing and, and the racism that went to that. And now, you know, they got to be in the back in the in the in the bushes going. Woof. <laughs> That's a close one. And I swear, man, every time Trump gets up and speaks about COVID-19, he makes it a point to be like, we know whose fault this was. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that man. guy, man. It's so great, man. And, and, and listen, I don't want to get into the presidential candidates, but, <laughs> man, we got... So Biden is going to be the guy, right? Uh. I mean... <laughs> Is he, is, is he is he is he now? Like, I, I is, think there's legitimately something wrong happening, with him. Bro. I, I think there's legitimately something wrong with him. Um, he better pick a hell of a running mate. Yep, that, I think that's what it boils down to because you know you're picking you're picking the VP. You're not picking him, right? Because there's something off there, man. I think when the other day he was telling people, don't forget the vote for Senate <laughs> or for him, you know, at Senate or something. Like, he's he's gone, man. He's gone, man. And listen, I don't, you know, like I think we're nope. both kind of cut the same. We don't, we don't go for either party, man. We go for the, for the for the the candidate that is offering the most or whatever benefits us at the time or whatever it is. You know, we won't get into that. But I think, um, yeah, Biden can't be the answer, man. I, I, you know what? And 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 I feel bad because a lot of people that like you know family and and friends of mine, right, close people, um, a lot of them they just want. Just want Trump gone, yeah. right? For yeah. whatever you know, and everybody has their own reasons for that, and I'm gonna get into that. Um, but man, every time they talk about it, I'm going, "Ooh, like who are you gonna replace him with, man? Like <laughs> you guys picked the guy who can't remember shit right now." Mm -hmm. Like the, you know, the question to him about the whole inappropriate touching and stuff, and he's, like, "I don't remember doing that." I believe him. <laughs> I don't think he does. <laughs> like legit, like he legitimately does it. Dude, he's like, I mean, like, they bring out the accuser. He's like, who's that? Who's that? And he's serious. He could pass a lot of detective tests on that shit right now. That's, <laughs> that's you on video. No, that's not. <laughs> I never even seen I the don't camera. that. <laughs> you know they got them hologram things <laughs> now. You know, there was Tupac was Coachella last week. <laughs> last year, Tupac was at Coachella. No way, that's me. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, I don't know. Dude, he's... You know what that showed me is how shitty is that job that that's the best we can roll out. Like every time I watched the debates, I went, "Holy shit!" No one young and smart wants that job. There were a couple of candidates, man, but I guess nobody wanted them. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, dude, I I remember looking at that, going, "Wow!" In a nation where we've come up with some of the most brilliant ideas, with the progress we've made over two hundred years, right, more than any other country in the world, you go, "The best we can come up with for president was Elizabeth Warren." And Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Dude, I, th I, I think that the really, the really smart people, they just go into their private sector. Yep. Of and, course. And they just like, of course. Like, I'm not doing that. I don't even think Trump wanted this job, man. I think Trump wanted to get higher ratings on his show and his stuff. And I think, I think he wanted to prove a point, right? The ego thing, right? And, um, 
And I think he's sitting there not going, what the fuck? Like, you, you know what, though? <laughs> I'm going to miss the tweets and I'm going to miss the shit talking uh, when he's not present anymore because uh, the entertainment factor was at an all time high because you definitely saw things you thought you'd never see from a president. Um, and say a, what you want to say. On a daily basis. On a daily basis. He, he didn't fail to deliver ever. And say what you want. If this dude goes back and does The Apprentice, I'm fucking watching. <laughs> I'm watching. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> It'll be number one show again. It will be. It absolutely will be. And I, and I'm like again, as someone who doesn't agree with um, you know most uh, most of his things as as a human being, I don't necessarily agree with him. But um, yeah, I I don't I think there's no denying that um, from a marketing perspective, the guy was a genius and um, managed uh, to to get into office. I think uh, because of that marketing genius. Now I don't think he's a smart businessman per se i think you know obviously he made some good decisions along the way he was kind of a i'll argue that if you start with a 10 million dollar uh you know i I guess sponsorship and you multiply that by 100 most of us started with zero and multiplied that to whatever we did today so he did what most of us do i don't you know so um you know whatever i I don't know enough about his entire thing but i will say that from a marketing uh, side he he it was genius man i think this whole thing was a giant marketing move and he pulled it off. And I, I understood it. I think this here shows why, um, obviously, I think there's a racist factor. I think that's why he'll never denounce racist, because I think he understands that there's a good chunk of his base that is. And so while he will never outright go and say, hey, these people, because I think he understands that a lot of his base is racist. And I think for us, there's a good part of the country that is racist. And so I think um, whether they're outwardly racist or they'll say it out loud, I think, you know, there's so obviously that's why I think he'll never come out and go like, oh, shame on those guys for being, you know, there's, you know, like as much shit as people give him for being an idiot. If you look at his tweets and you look at his videos and stuff, there are words that he used deliberately, um, deliberately. Um, especially when he's referring to like uh, clan members or things like that, like he he he's very careful in how he uses words. It's very intelligent. It almost looks like a PR guy wrote it, right? Um, but then when it's not that, but then when he goes on Twitter, yeah, the PR guy takes the day off. The PR guy takes the day off, and and he uses words like thugs. And again, there's a I think there's a deliberate uh, uh, something deliberate about that delivery. I think um, I think there's a base there that he's trying to get to, kind of almost subliminally going, "Get yeah, guys, I'm with you." You know, um, who knows? But um, yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see this election, man. I, so I honestly don't think he wants to win. I think that's why he's doing all kinds of shit. He's like, hey, inject yourself with bleach. Um, I don't know, uh, drown yourself in a pool that's full of chlorine. Like it'll kill it. Like I think, I think he's shooting out everything. He's like, what the fuck do I have to do for you people not to vote for me? It kills it in a minute. Yeah. Unfortunately, is we keep letting Alabama and Mississippi vote, he's gonna win. He's 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 out there like uh, uh, just throwing out all kinds of crazy shit. He's like, wait, wait, uh, the sun, right? The UV light. If you stick a light bulb inside someone like that, it'll definitely kill it, right? Like I think this is him going like, please, guys don't fucking vote for me like or that he's trying to kill off the people that would vote for him right like the the low iq he's like if they try this and they're not around come november (laughs) but man i don't know is 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 then we get a president that's like senile is gonna yeah i don't know what the answer is man uh you know it's gonna be if he doesn't win and and if and and if i'd be shocked and if biden wins, which by the way i thought there was something that i i would be too actually um, I'm not a I'm not a Trump supporter, but me neither. But I'd be shocked. I, I would, yeah, just just based on the competition. Um, but you know what? Maybe people, enough people will be will be, you know, um, enraged by what's been happening lately and and some of the things that he's been saying. And maybe 
Show up to vote. I mean, hey. show up. Yep. I think that and um, I think how this whole COVID thing plays out from here on out, it's going to play a big factor. I think if uh, if we have a um, a relapse. Yeah. <laughs> relapse. <laughs> that's right. It's a relapse. We're using relapse. Uh, if we have a relapse of this, that's that's awful enough. Um, I think and I hope not. Um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't I wouldn't sacrifice lives over the politics. Right. So I, I hope not. Um, I hope we kind of get through this and, and we don't and we lose as few people as possible. But um, I think if it's bad and people go, well, shit, you, you reopen the country, you know, maybe that causes them. But I man, and we have this conversation all the time. I think when people are pro again either blue team or red team right. it doesn't matter it doesn't matter it doesn't matter um we, I mean, we know find, we know yeah. people that 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 go i vote this party regardless yep it doesn't matter and uh yeah man i don't think it'll matter I, I i don't think it'll matter i think he'll keep trying to lose it and it will happen because if you're him you're going four more years that puts me close to 80 i gotta fucking deal with this like i don't think you if you're that guy man why wouldn't you love to see uh him write a book after oh. this but uh, like a truthful one. Oh, I would right absolutely. Just to lay it all out. That or if you had cameras, actually no, not even cameras following him around because I want to get in. His, I want to get in his head. Absolutely. If he wrote a book and you went, it was uncensored and it came out that like man, fucking, I, I just I was just trying to prove a point and I was just saying shit and because I think that's that's the truth there. And he's such a narcissist that a, a book will come out inevitably because I think he's gonna want to kind of tell himself. Um, and that may be hard for me not to read, or, or I'll probably wait to, to, you know, to hear about what he actually gets into. Because I don't want fluff. I want him to be authentic. I want him to be honest. I'd love to see a book maybe from someone inside of his party that's unbiased, you know, and, and gives you like a true account. Just because I think it's fascinating. Um, it's a fascinating uh, time in history, man, where we're going to look back on this and go... Yeah, man, we voted in uh, a real estate mogul to office who had a TV show where he was firing people. Um, he was talking about grabbing women by the pussy right before that, but um, you know, <laughs> uh, that's not that bad. It wasn't for the who money. doesn't say that? right? No, it wasn't for the money. So it's, it's like, an ego trip, it, it is. It is. It is an ego trip. When you're him, there's only so much that you have not accomplished, right? And the only, I think, when when you're at that billionaire status, um. There is nothing in this life that's out of your grasp, right? I think the power that comes with that, the um, the access and all that, there's, there's nothing. So I think the only other pursuit that's, um, you know, we talk about this all the time. Like, how do you, how do you, uh, God, how, how do you get that, that adrenaline flowing? How do you, how do you feel alive? Um, I think for someone in that position, it's, it's what's the ultimate power? What's the ultimate win? What's the ultimate ego trip? The, the slinging of the dick, if you will, of, Yeah. You know, like, this is it. I'm the guy. I'm the guy. And I think that that's it, right? Like, I see Mark Cuban's ass all the time about running. And I don't think he'll do it. Um, but that would be interesting. But see. I wouldn't be surprised. No, eventually the ego is going to win over, right? I think eventually your kids are grown. They're out of the house. I think um, you've accomplished as much as you can in business. You have access to do anything and everything you want. And then eventually you go, I'm not fulfilled. I need someone to stroke my ego really quick maybe just maybe i'll take a dabble in this for the four years like i think it's gonna happen eventually he keeps saying no and i think the more he says no the more again you're not that uber competitive and that uber successful in life and you don't have that competitive drive that goes i can win that and yeah and you don't give it a shot and i tell you what you know when when obama first came in um you know fairly young guy right when he left after eight years i swear he aged about 20 years right mm -hmm. And and 
you know, earlier I mentioned Martin Luther King. When he passed, or when I mean he passed, when he was assassinated, um, in his autopsy, they said that his heart, so he was 39 years old, and he had a heart of a 60-year-old. Wow. I didn't and, know that. And they attributed it to the, the stress yeah. of the civil rights movement, of being the guy. Right? So, and there's something to be said, and, and like I said, I, I, I thought about Obama because I was like, man, watching him go through those eight years, like, he looked tired after the eight years. You know, obviously, the, the, the normal, um, you know, body features that change, like the gray hair, right? Your gray hair comes in, you get a couple more wrinkles, but he definitely looked like he aged more than eight years. <laughs> Obama looked like our neighborhood mechanic by the time he was done. <laughs> oh, amen. Let me get a six pack for that carburetor. That's it. <laughs> he looked beat up. How much man. for a brake change? How much? Yeah. He, six pack and twenty dollars. And say what you want. I think. Um, and you know, I think history will, will be kind to Obama. Politics aside, um, so let's take out the politics, wh- whatever team you're on. I think when you look back, and, and to your point about having about that pressure, right? If you're Obama, first black man, right? Um, you had to be absolutely perfect in every way, shape, or form because, like it or not, you're setting, you're, you're, you're a, you're leading the way for other black men or other minorities in general to to follow you. And you go, I, I couldn't be the first one and fuck it up for everyone else. So, could you imagine if it was sort of like Trump but opposite? Oh, the. <laughs> Dude, he would have been. He would have never won. He would have been. Assass- There's zero chance that if if. If um, Obama would have had multiple baby mamas, he doesn't get it, and that in itself is is a, is a, is you know our racial bias of going like eh, like not going to do it. it. It would be like stereotypical. I think most people would find that as an excuse to not vote for Obama. And meanwhile, with Trump, it's like eh, what do you expect? He's a billionaire. That's what he does. You know, da da da. It's like uh, again, we will defend. Man, here's <laughs> it's a perfect description of it. Man, our our political figures are Jesus. No matter what Jesus does, you will follow, right? Jesus could flip tables. He sets stuff on fire. He could, and you go, um, yeah, but uh, he turned water into wine. And, uh, you know, like you will find, you know, there's things if you, if you know, whatever, not to get biblical, but there are things in there that, that we will follow because we will say like, no, nope, he, he that's my guy. a rep, that's my guy. Yep. And no matter what, and you will follow. And, um, and, and I look at that and I go, yeah, like, like Trump is Jesus to some of these people. Is like, and, and Obama too, right? Like, I think people will follow you because you are the guy, quote unquote. And no matter what you do, we will find an excuse to defend it. Um, but yeah, if, if the shoe was on the other foot, if, if you take Trump's um, words, actions, um, history, and you flip-flop it into Obama, zero chance he ever gets elected. And that in itself speaks to the racial divide in this country because it will absolutely 100% be because of the color of his skin. So, uh, yeah, it would have been nuts, man. But, yeah, o- Obama, man, um, I go the kind of pressure that that must be like um, to be the first person there and then go, I don't want to fuck this up because what if it's 100 more years or 200 more years before this happens again? And I have to be absolutely perfect because you didn't hear of one thing. You didn't hear of a of a of an ex coming out. You didn't hear of, you know, a, a scandal. And now all the Obamagate stuff's coming out. You know, I, I, I don't know enough about that stuff to, to really get into it, but um he was pretty much as unscathed as you could be um from a obviously from a political standpoint no but i think from a scandal standpoint right um made it through pretty much he was like the Derek jeter of yeah. president shout out to Derek jeter man sending out gift baskets and stuff you know <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about google Derek jeter and gift baskets and have fun going down that rabbit hole <laughs>
And that's three weeks in a row we've mentioned something about baseball. MLB, I want that check. <laughs> it's, it's wild, man. Um, yeah, man, this was heavy this week, man. But uh, I think it was stuff that we had to get into. Um, yeah, actually, man, I was hoping to get into into some of that uh and some of the more of that shuttle stuff man because uh-huh. like i said i used to work out there and and i gotta let's take let's take, let's take five minutes again you want to take five on this yeah, one yeah take five on this one man we All wrap right, this man. up I take just, five just, on the shuttle gotta, man i just gotta end this on a on a little bit of a of a positive note man it's, it's kind of i heavy. don't even know it's gonna be positive but <laughs> <laughs> so i told you i used to work for united space alliance so so for the listeners if i have a bad transition i'm sorry we are <laughs> off of <laughs> politics we are off of racial inequality we are off of all of that we are on to the launch that happened this week right so back in uh 2005 to 2007 i worked for united space alliance um good job um i know i know going into it i was you know hoping i was like fresh out of college and and thinking like oh man this space shuttle program right and and I'm and I'm in the IT field, so I'm thinking technology, right? Like this is gonna be the 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 top of the heap. When I get in there, it's like 30 year old technology, a lot of paper process. It was it was actually uh, and 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 I did like a, like a QA role, so it was basically making sure that the IT guys that did all of the programming and stuff followed a process. And that process was very long and stringent and involved a lot of people and a lot of meetings and very boring. Um, but before I got before I left there, I actually um, I got to see a launch. And prior to that, um, I was I, I was I stayed behind because I lived about an hour away. So I stayed behind to watch these launches and three of them got scrubbed. And and every time they got scrubbed the one-way highway home would be like people would stop there along the way to watch the launch and then they pull off to the side of the road right on the beach line yeah and then so when so so when they would scrub it then all of those cars get back on the road and start going dude it would take that hour drive take me three hours so here i was so now at the point when i actually got to see the the fourth launch because the the three prior were it was a wrap and 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 each one took me three hours to get home so i already have like nine hours invested into seeing this launch fine i mean even my coworkers at the time were going like dude i think you're the bad luck like stop <laughs> stop staying just go home <laughs> so anyway i get a chance i finally i finally stay you know or, or i stay the, the fourth time it goes off um, where I worked was right next to the vehicle assembly building, which um, for the listeners, anybody who does, has never been out there, it is, whenever you talk about NASA, it is like the building that they show. And it's a, it's a, it's a really big building where they assembly, see assemble the shuttle, maybe some of the rockets there or not. So where you see those double doors part, right? The double and doors the, with the, the American flag. Yeah, with the, Amer- okay, American, with flag the American flag on the building, yeah, right? That's, better. That's, that's the one. And I, I, I worked at the building like right next to it. So I got to stand in front of the, the vehicle assembly building as this thing went off. And it's about three miles away, and it, 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 is, it was awesome, right? So it's, it's awesome. It goes up, and, and that power, like that, that, that thrust, like it, it bounces off of the building and literally rattles your clothes. So if you've had a chance to, to, to do it, I would definitely say do it. But 
dude, I remember one of my coworkers. So we watch this thing go up, right? And and and, and it goes and, and and goes into the atmosphere, right? It's all over. The the moment that it's over, I'm going. I got a three hour drive. <laughs> but this and, and right at that moment that I'm thinking that this lady that had been working out there for like for like 20 years plus turns around to me and looks at me and she goes, oh, wasn't that amazing? And I was like, get me out of here. Where's my car? All you can think about is a three hour drive back home. And and there's only one way back from uh or maybe, maybe oh, two, man. but but I it's tried. really no, one I way. I tried yeah. the other way. Yeah. It's not oh. it's, everybody you know, everybody knows about the two ways, yep. right? It doesn't matter. So both sides are full. Three I've hours. never done it in person. I want to do it. I told myself uh I was gonna go do this one and then I said it's Saturday and I thought about maybe I'll go really early to the beach. I'll try to just watch it from from the beach out there from Cocoa Beach. Um and then I'll just stay long and head home like in the evening. I'll go eat dinner or something out there. Um, and I thought about that and, and got caught up on some other things and we didn't do it. But I def- I've never seen it and it'd be a shame to live this close and not go watch it. Um, for, you know, for, for you guys listening who, who aren't from here, we are maybe 50 miles. So it's a 45 minute drive to uh, the Cape, uh, Cape Canaveral, where they do the shuttle launches. In fact, this stuff is so impressive when they enter the atmosphere when they're coming back your houses shake here like you can feel the rattle and the boom i know here i can definitely feel when when the shuttles enter orbit again your entire house shakes here and it's 50 miles away i mean it's it's just um and i don't i don't know how this is going to be right so they so now they have they have the the the, dra- it's the dragon the dragon right? yeah the the, 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 the uh, what is it the crew dragon the crew dragon so that that that's docked at the space station right now um from what I've read, they're staying somewhere between like six to sixteen weeks. Mm-hmm. Like they don't really know they don't exactly really know. when they're gonna come back. Um, so the so so the the, the mission is not gonna be a true success until they've actually you know made it back, come and back home. And, and and I believe they're gonna go back to Houston. I don't know if they're gonna land. Yeah, here. I think you're right. I think they land in Houston. Um, and then I think this even lands in a different way than the prior shuttles. I can't remember. Remember the old the old shuttle was a was a glider, yes. so it entered the atmosphere and literally glided to its destination. This one's like a capsule, and it's literally just gonna drop down on whatever. And again, um, the impressiveness of the boosters landing exactly where they said they would land. Um, one of them landing on a barge in the middle of the ocean, and you hit this moving target. Like, listen. And I know it's more than Elon Musk, but it's his vision that put this together. And he obviously had to put the right people in place. Um, You know, much like we do with athletes, we don't appreciate them when they're here. Right. And it's only when we look back on it finally and go, man, that guy was crazy. Elon Musk. We're going to look back on this guy and go, wow, we lived through the Nikolai Tesla. We lived through the Edison. We lived through the Albert Einstein. Um, We witnessed one of the greatest minds of our generation and i don't know that we appreciate that as much right now as we will in 30 or 40 years when we when we're telling our grandkids like you know we used to put gas in cars you know like i think elon musk is such and you want to talk about burden about pressure i what must that be like if you're him to be that intelligent and go and feel and i'm sure he feels a sense of um maybe uh of duty of having uh, maybe he that he needs to do these things for mankind quote unquote because um maybe he feels like he's the only person capable or smart enough to do this stuff right like um it's just so impressive to watch man and he's someone that i cheer for uh i I hope that you know with the Neuralink thing with you've already seen him do it with tesla i mean he said it could be done it's been done 
I wouldn't be shocked if you start getting cars in the $20,000 range from Tesla at some point in time. And then to do this with SpaceX, he will definitely be on the moon, will definitely be on Mars. Um, I yeah, like, just I have no doubt that we're going zero. I mean, right? Like 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 zero. the moon and Mars, like it's going to happen. Yeah. Is it going to be flawless? Probably not. No. But like he's going to make it happen. You you're going to lose things and people maybe along the way, yeah. right? Yeah. Um but it's going to happen. Um, and you know, like while we're on that, you know, I couldn't help but think when I'm watching those guys strapped to, you know, however many thousands of pounds of fuel that is, and you're just shooting them up, you're basically slingshotting them towards another little satellite in the air and going, I hope you get there. Um, I couldn't help but think about the first person to have done that back way back when, and the first person to do anything, how ballsy that must be. Can you imagine back then where you go, we're going to strap you to this. We think we're going to build up enough force to shoot you into orbit. And hopefully you're going to get to the moon. And then it's like, well, what happens if we don't? How do I get back? We don't know. <laughs> you may float in space forever, but you got to assume that you're going up there with the idea of, I don't know if I'm coming back. It's 50-50. Right. And if you ask any of us right now, hey, man, would you hop in that car and just get slingshotted down the street and 50-50 chance you make it back to where you started? Will we take those odds? Hell no so shout out to the first guy to ever do anything and 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 i guess the the way they make it happen is right they get some really brave guys and then you get really smart people to go into the room and say big words yep and reassure those guys that's right you reassure those brave guys that yep we got this don't worry but didn't the capsule elon blew up one of the it was it didn't have people on but one of his uh payloads or a test rocket it blew up like recently. Yeah. Like within the last couple of years, it, it went up and it failed. And they're like, oh, yeah, we know what went wrong, you know, X, Y, Z. And they go back. And now you're those guys. You're trusting that the math works. Right. Like yeah. that's what it boils down to. You're trusting that the math works. You put you know, you want to talk about people working together. This was um, this is the ultimate test of individuals putting their trust in each other and working together to accomplish something. Because, again, you're not strapping me to thousands of tons of fuel if I don't trust that you did the math right. right. And, you know, it's just uh, uh, I think, you know, we we were talking about some heavy stuff earlier, but I think it's just a um, it's just one example of when we're together, man, and we trust in each other and we feel like you've got my back and I've got yours, the shit you can accomplish. Because I remember watching uh, Elon on a press conference the morning of the scrapped one and he had this look on his face. And Elon is a is a pretty confident guy when you see him talk. Right. He's got the swagger. He's clearly um, not doesn't lack confidence. And um, he had this look on his face of a guy who went um, or or, or a guy who was worried and not worried because I don't think I think he knew that they had done their job. But I think with a situation like this is there's a lot of unknowns, like it's an experiment. Right. And he had the look on his face of a guy who was going, I hope this works. I, I have the confidence in my team. But like this isn't I blow up a rocket ship. This is I blow up a rocket ship and two guys go with it. And he made a comment about um, someone asked him how it felt. Um, did he feel a sense of, of, of pressure or of um, responsibility? And he said, absolutely. And then he said, well, when did that kick in? Um, he goes, well, it was always there, but it was heightened by the fact that I just had to look at their kids. And he was talking about the astronauts. He said, I just had to look in their eyes and promise them I'm doing everything I can to bring their dads back safely and i go wow man that what must that be like to look at you know like someone's kids and they go like hey you know and obviously there's probably some excitement behind that but you to look at those kids and go fuck man if 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 we didn't do our job 
um, they're never going to see their dad again. That's right. Like that hug that they just gave him before they got on that rocket ship is the last hug. It's the last thing they're going to remember. And um, the pressure that comes with that man is is insane. And I think someone like Elon Musk, not only the intelligence, but the uh, just the the bravery and the bravery of that team to be able to move forward and and uh, be willing to take us to that next step as uh, humanity is, is just insane, man. It's just a ton of respect for that. And the other piece of that, that when, you know, when, when they were interviewing him about, you know, what if it fails and, you know, that kind of stuff, right? Then the media always wants to know what happens if something goes bad. He goes, if, if this is successful, it's a credit to SpaceX. And if it's not, it's my fault, right? Like that is like every entrepreneur, every successful entrepreneur, it's just like everything, everything is my fault. Everything's my fault, man. And, and to be able to, to, to take that on and to take it on and accept it, right? Like, like this is not something that just put on you and like to take it on, accept it and take that responsibility, man, just, just, just speaks to him as a, as a human. Yeah. Leadership 101, man. It's uh, everything's your fault. Right. And then all the good stuff is your people. Um, and that guy, yeah, embodies that. And you could tell he meant it, you know, and I think I think meant it from a a I think he was legitimately taking responsibility for if this goes south, it is on me. Um, but I think also understanding the magnitude of the situation of it's not going to say on the news. Um, SpaceX rocket, you know, blows up of two men on board. It's going to say Elon Musk is SpaceX rocket. Um, and his name is plastered all over it. And I think, you know, you know, I thought that was interesting that you just said that because when I watched the thing go up and it was funny because my, my kids were there and one of my kids is he's, he's kind of Elon Musk fan, if you will. Right. He loves Tesla's and is interested in the SpaceX and what have you. Everything that we were seeing in the beginning was NASA, was NASA, yeah. NASA. And so I had to explain to him just like, well, you know, SpaceX is sort of the the subcontractor that is that has the rockets, and but NASA is sort of the overseeing, you know, that has all the rules and regulations of of. Um, but then I had to show him on the screen, like, look, like, see the X, like there they are. And then as we watched it more and more, then you've seen more of the of the SpaceX stuff in there. Um, but I, but I, I I was, I smiled because I was like, man. It reminded me when I, when I worked there, it was like, in my opinion, United Space Alliance was the ones like doing everything. Like Na- NASA was sort of the overseers, right? We had to sort of get things past NASA. So what did they do at United? Did they actually build the shuttle? What was the job of United Space Alliance? I guess I'm, they, I've never heard that space yeah, shuttle was, program. Like it was theirs. Like that was the they they were the ones that that maintained it. That did the launches. Like okay, that was okay. the company. They, we were the SpaceX. So they okay. So they did everything. They basically subcontracted with the government. And then right. okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I had never heard. Uh, I think until you told me that you worked there, I had never heard of of them. But it goes to show. That, yeah, NASA is always the ones kind of at the forefront. NASA is always the name on it. And a matter of fact, when 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 the president was speaking. Um, and he was congratulating NASA and naming some individuals. I was waiting there going like, dude, you better say something about SpaceX and Elon Musk, man, because without those guys, like, this just doesn't happen. It's, it's the first public-private, right? Uh, or it's the first privately built uh, spacecraft, right, that gets to the space station, which is, uh, I think this opens up the space tourism thing. This opens up, I, I know they want to build, like, a hotel in space, basically, similar to the um, space station. They want to put up a hotel in space, and then they're going to take people up there. And yeah, believe you, probably won't people, be in our lifetime. I think so. You think so? Oh, absolutely. 
I think. So you think in the next say fifty years? Absolutely. I think there will be a low orbit, like you know, space station type thing, and you're gonna be able to spend a week on that thing and then go. You know what? That it just it takes long, right? Because you have to constantly launch materials up there to build that. Within the next five, so I don't know if you heard the story about Tom Cruise wanting to film a movie in space, like legitimately in space. So what they're trying to do is get Tom Cruise uh, to the ISS, and then he's going to film a movie inside of the ISS. Um, I think that shit will happen. I think, Tom, first of all, man, I love Tom Cruise because he does his own stunts and he does all kinds of crazy shit. But I think if anyone is nutty enough he's to go. He skydives. He does. He, <laughs> we do too, by the way. And uh, he, if anyone is ballsy enough to go, ah, I'll get on a rocket and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll shoot myself up there. And then, you know, obviously you send him up with two or three astronauts or whatever. And then um, I, I think Tom Cruise would do that. I, I think within the next five years, you'll see Tom Cruise on a rocket up in space. Um, assuming, you know, something crazy doesn't happen to him. But if that guy says, hey, I want to film a movie up there, and Elon Musk is like, hey, I want to make that happen, I think there isn't a bigger win for someone like Elon Musk than to go, I put that guy safely uh, on the ISS. Well, it's got to be him, his his other the other actors, the and film, crew. film crew. Well, yeah. I think it'll just, you know, they'll figure out a way to do it where it's just him, and maybe they take cameras up there, and they make these astronauts do, like, some kind of filming or something. I don't know. You know maybe, or, or, or maybe they, they, just, they send a second person. All over the or just put cameras. Which I'm assuming it's already there. Well, did you see the docking? They yes, had, these guys had, that. like, 15 cameras, and they had them set up, and they're talking about the audio. They're like, oh, you got to hook up this mic to line this and that. So, clearly, they have some kind of capability to do stuff. Um, but, I mean, I, like, like, like movie quality yeah, yeah, yeah. cameras. Well, maybe you send them up. You're right. Maybe you send them up. Maybe you you take a volunteer but, and there's going to be a guy who volunteers i think if i'm a cameraman and that opportunity comes up i'd do it um yeah I, I i think if you see elon do that enough i think you feel confident in the ability to get there um but i think it'll happen man i think 50 years i think i think by the time we are 56 years old i think you'll see tourism space tourism for sure um well, remember, you're like 12 years behind me. Yeah, so not by the time you're 50. <laughs> by the time you're 89. Yeah. So by the time that I'm trying to retire. So in my lifetime, let me take that back. <laughs> but uh, for sure, man, I think I think you will. I think, you know, I think this is that first step in progress. Like things roll. And I don't want to compare this to like an iPhone because it's stupid, right? But I think once you see the first iteration of it and it works, you're like, oh, okay, it can be done. And I think progress picks up really quickly after that. I think that's what you'll see with this. Um, and I think, again, this was a win for Elon. He, I think the, the proof of concept is there now. And I think what has to happen now, because they said they can do it, I don't want to say cheaply, but it's like half the price of what it cost before to do this because of the fact that he can recycle the boosters and stuff. Yeah, I want, I want to say it was, well, I, I know that the... I believe it would, the Russians were charging the U.S. like eighty million, like per seat, yep. and I want to say it's like fifty million, like fifty-five, yep. something like that. No. And so I think we'll get to the point where we're doing this almost monthly, or bi-monthly. Well, he's going again in what August? Yeah. So the next one. I think you'll keep doing these, right? And then you'll go. Oh shit! Okay, like once you can get a couple of these and you get comfortable, then eventually you just go. All right, man, let's start putting stuff in because I think by 2025, the idea is they're gonna start uh, not only going to the moon, but they're they're going to the moon and they're sending parts and and maybe parts are already there to build like a colony on the moon. So I think in our lifetime we'll see that, and I think the moon then becomes the 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 experiment for can we live on Mars and then Mars is next. Um, and listen, I'm not smart enough to go. You figure eventually Earth's going somewhere, right? Like the shit can't last forever. So maybe that is the next step of humanity is you inhabit another uh, planet. But um, 
it's gonna happen man i think we'll see it in our in our formative years but um yeah it's gonna happen man and shout out to the, i mean the people just enjoy it while you're watching because this is uh this is remarkable i think it's hard to to understand it at the time and to take it and look at it and go like we almost take it for granted right because it's it's happening while we're here and we're we're kind of so used to seeing these impressive things now um this is like one of these things that will be in history books and things like that forever i think when you look back at elon and go what he meant to mankind is gonna be just um i think something that you're not gonna be able to put into words it's it's, it's wild man yeah and if you don't follow this guy um you know he had there's there's other companies obviously you should know about tesla by now um there's that that is it is it Neuralink? is that the company Neuralink. yep it's the company and and i think we're we're, we're probably out of time even mm-hmm. though we don't have a time yeah um, we can do an entire episode on Neuralink, and maybe <laughs> yeah we'll that i really do like if but if you haven't looked up you know Neuralink and and the things that they're doing um look that up it's it's super interesting and the things that they're going to be able to do with with diseases that have plagued humanity for a long time is is remarkable if it works yeah hell yeah man and um yeah man uh reach out to your brown and black friends man uh give them hugs like let's uh throw some positive vibes out there instead of questioning the rioting ask how we got there in the first place and let's uh you know let, let, let's work to getting better together man uh uh send some positive vibes out there people and uh thank you guys for listening you know we're on all major streaming platforms now so apple Podcasts, google spotify stitcher tune in um you name it we're there if we're not somewhere that you like hit us up if you got some topics hit us up um but we appreciate we appreciate you guys all listening um yeah we definitely do um if anybody that's listening out there you know obviously we have some we have some some friends and family that are supporting us and and, and shout out to you guys for for listening but anyone else out there like if you're listening that's awesome like yeah yeah, we never yeah. all three of you guys anything. i don't care right. it's that's awesome it. yeah, yeah and uh and uh yeah we were certainly appreciative and uh and um you know enjoy getting to do this uh once a week and uh, if you hear some birds in the background today because we're recording outside we decided to change the scenery a little so we're having a glass of wine out on a patio and recording this so uh you know it's fun times i think we might make this uh a, a norm Get, get a video camera out here where we can see something but and and obviously it's hot as hell in florida so we're gonna have to figure this out but uh um yeah this was a good time awesome shout out to you guys man peace later